watched the movie Ice Age? Who's watched all of them? All right? Most of you guys have watched Ice Age. You remember the, the old granny? Right at the end with Sid, they're next to the boat, and she says, Untie the vine, don't let go. You guys remember that? <laughs> really? Untie the vine, don't let go. Because they've got to get away from these, these oaks on this, on this ice ship. So if you've missed that, go watch the movie. All right? But I'm going to do it a little bit different tonight. So I'm not going to say, Unwind the vine, don't let go. I'm going to be saying, Decide to abide and don't let go. Decide to abide and don't let go. Can you guys say that with me? Decide to abide and don't let go. Right. So I want you to turn with me to my first scripture, which is Romans 11, verse 17. My AV guys are asleep here. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you all, though a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others, and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches. If you are, remember it is not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. Then you will say, Bran then you will say branches were broken off, so that I may be grafted in. That is true. They were, to, they were broken off because of their unbelief. But you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but stand in awe. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. It's an interesting scripture. Where it speaks about being grafted. And I know that Evia works with berries and there's a couple of farmers that we know. Is that when you want to create something and, for instance, you get different, two different types of apples. But you want to have a different type of apple. What you do is, is you take the one apple and you graft it into the apple branch. Little seed sapling thing. Hey? A bud. A bud. Nice bud. Right? And uh, so what you do is, is you take the bud and you actually cut into that actual tree, into the branch, and you attach it. But you cut both open so that they actually overlap. It's almost like, like a scissor kind of cut where they overlap like this and you tie it together so that those, that branch and that little bud actually becomes one eventually. And so what happens is Jesus Say, is saying to us, even Nolan preached about it last week, where it was John 15, verse 1 to 8, where Jesus is the vine and we're the branches. We're part of him. And in that scripture in Romans, it speaks about being grafted in and to actually realize that when we grafted into the family of God, we become part of that vine. So each one of us sitting here tonight, being part of Josh Genomanus, where God has called you to be for this season, it means that you need to become grafted in to be a part of who we are. That means that you will bring a little bit of yourself, but you will 
ultimately get the nutrients and the actual food that you need to grow from the tree or the plant that you've been grafted into. You guys with me? So it says that successful Christians bear much fruit by staying connected or abiding in Jesus. So, Colin, where is he? Come here, Colin. He always sits this side. That's why I'm confused. Come stand here with me, please. Velia, can I use you as an example? Come stand next to me on this side. Do you guys, so I want you to imagine that these two are branches. She's a pretty branch. He's not so pretty branch, right? He's a bigger branch, a bit more rounder branch, right? But these two branches, do you think that they can be good branches all by themselves? Because you see, most Christians like us, we all want to be branch managers, right? We all want to manage our branch. We want to be able to be the boss of every decision that we make, whatever we want to do. But a branch cannot be effective if it's, if it's by itself. A branch can only be effective if it's actually part of a tree. So come together, hook arms in. Evia, come here for me. So Evia becomes my tree, only because he's a bit taller than everyone else, all right? Although he's just, just taller. So if I take him in the middle, so let go, and you hook in there. There we go. Now they've become a tree with branches. Branches, I need branches. I need branches. Okay, a decent branch, thank you. Right. So as being a branch, what they will do is, because Evia is actually planted and he is the tree or the vine, they will actually get their nutrients from him. Because this branch, if we cut this one off or this branch decides that I don't need the tree, what will happen to this branch? What will happen? It will die. Because it cannot be on its own. You guys can sit. But you see, Christians want to be their own branch managers and they don't want to be a part of the tree because it's uncomfortable. So what we do is, is we become independent. We become headstrong. Well, I know what's right. You can't tell me. We become judgmental of others. We become envious of others. Look, they've got more than me. They've got a much better gifting than I have. And they're always comparing themselves to others. Am I right? When we try and be on our own. And you see, in Romans it speaks about that when we are grafted in and we are actually among others, we get our actual nourishment from the sap of the root plant, which is Jesus. 
The day this church does not preach Jesus, we've lost it. Because it's all about Him. It's never about anything else. If we become a church that gets driven by systems, that you've got to do this, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, you've got to do this to be in right standing with God, we've missed it. But when we get to a point when we preach and we say that it's all about Jesus all the time because we know who is the root that we need to go to. And you see, God created the church to be the vehicle for the expansion of His kingdom. So I want to ask you this question. Who's the church? What's the church? Is it this building? No. This is the sun by soul. This isn't the church. Is this chair the church? Because we can put out all these chairs on a Sunday night. If no one rocks up, there isn't a church. Because we are the church. Philip and Anilor are the church. Linda and Pauline, they're the church. So what happens is, as we connect with Jesus, we become connected as part of the body of Christ, and we actually draw from Him and from one another. And how many times have we said this, and Andrew has preached it so many times, saying that we belong to one another. I belong to you, you belong to me. So we've got Wanin and... Uh, Elena, that's here tonight for the first time. If they come and they decide to become a part of our family, what happens? They become grafted into us. And when they become grafted into us, we don't belong to ourselves anymore. We belong to them. They belong to us. Jill had a hip-hop. Jill belongs to us. We belong to Jill. And what's happened is her community has pulled up and said, hey, guys, we're going to organize meals for her. Why? Because we belong to her. We cannot be all on our own, doing our own thing all the time. Because this is church. This is what God's called us to do. John 6, 14 verse 6 says, Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. There is no back door. There is no other way. There is no multiple ways to God. There is only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9 says, For we are God's fellow workers, and we are God's field, God's building." So what does that mean? We're a field, and we are his building. It's not this building. If we lost this building tomorrow, we could actually be a church plant meeting under tree number five, and we will still be the church because it's not about a building. But we are all planted in God's field, working together with him to actually co-labor and to bring the kingdom of God into the lives of people around us. And Ephesians 3 verse 10 says, So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God may now be made known to the rulers in the and authorities in the heavenly places. So do you know that God wants to use you tonight? 
Do you believe that or don't you? Do you believe that God wants to use you? Yes, he does. You know what's really exciting for us is that we realize tonight that we have five worship leaders in Joshua and Amonis. Do you know that? People that can actively lead worship. Actually more. We've got people that can actually stand up and take you into worship. Other Josh Jens that are much bigger than Josh Jen Amonis has only got one or two worship leaders. That's God's grace for us. Because we come together to worship our king. And that's a gift. Who's good with administration here? Who can do good? Who's good at admin? Okay. I suck at admin, so I won't put my hand up. That's why I have uh, people working for me. That's good at admin because I'm not good at admin. You know that guys sitting here tonight, there are guys here that are brilliant at serving, packing our chairs, doing those things that other people can't do. Kids, church workers going up there and spending time with your kids, looking after your kids so that they don't kill them. It's a gift that God has given you. Because the last time I did kids' church, we were stabbing teddy bears, and it didn't go well. (laughs) But you see, God has put us all in family so that we can all be part and actually do something. And you mustn't sit and wait and ask, wait for for Nolan or myself to come and ask you, "Um, you, Vilia, would you mind doing AV for us? No. Velia comes to me and says to me, Uncle Yaku, can I do AV? Because I think that the guys suck. I want to give it a try. (laughs) But they do a good job. I'm just using an example. Or like, Uncle Colin, he's making coffee, but I want to give it a shot because I don't want Uncle Colin to make the coffee every week because it's not fair for him. Can I help? Or, Uncle Yaku, can I come next week Sunday? I know it's not my community, but I'd really like to go put up the flags because maybe, maybe, maybe there might be an unsafe person that might come through the door and want to be a part of what God's doing. Because the church is not there for us just to get. The church is there for us to give. Because we are God's vehicle for His kingdom. We've been created to be part of something. God has called us to be connected to him through the vine. In 1 John, let's read uh, John 15. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, 
thrown into the fire and burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. It's incredible scripture. Jesus says we need to be a part of something. Whom of us have got friends that sit at home and say, it's just Jesus and me. I don't have to be a part of anything. I don't go to church because, no, the church isn't a lack of place. Yes, the church isn't always a lack of place because it's a place where you get challenged. It's a place where, where God comes and he convicts you of things in your life and you're like, Yo, I've, got to, I've got to deal with this thing. Like my nay shared something with me. They, they went playing tennis this morning. They're so fit and exercisey compared to me. And uh, so they, they, they met Murray at the, the checkers and they wanted to go home. And, and she said she felt like, like God convicted her and said, if I want to wor lead worship with someone in front of the church, I first got to get to know who he is. So they invited him to home, to their house, and they fed him. He's a bachelor. He needs food. <laughs> He's a student bachelor. <laughs> Still bachelor, bro. All single guys need food. So if you want to do that, give food. Even married guys like Anthony, he likes food. But you see, that is a muscle that we as a church needs to work on. Many times we only see each other at community and we see each other at church. But we don't see each other at other times because it, it doesn't fit into our schedule. But actually, God wants us to see each other as much as possible. Invite people into your homes so that we can actually become that life that people need. You see, the graft doesn't, the bud doesn't change the tree, but it adds to the tree. It adds value. And each one of us sitting here tonight, you add value to this congregation. Because without you, we'll be less. But with you, we're more. And what is the advantages of grafting a plant? Or being grafted? Or being brought into? Is it strengthens that plant? Do you know that you strengthen us? Number two is it allows extra growth. How cool is it when you walk in here and there's a bit of a buzz going in the congregation, these guys talking with one another, they're building relationships. When a visitor walks in and there's a whole bunch of people talking to each other, they don't feel so lonely. Am I right? Because it's overwhelming when you walk in and there's like four people. Crick, 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 crick. And there's no music playing. It's really boring. It's really scary. And you walk in there. We all were first-time visitors, right? Walking into a church. Unless you're a big family like ours with five people, you walk in, you don't feel too lonely because you've got three kids running around and a wife. It's like, yay! Because if you don't speak to anyone else, you speak to your wife. You stand together in the corner. But being a single person walking into, into a church is overwhelming. But when we have people walking into us and we make them feel a part of who we are, 
suddenly there's growth because they feel like I can be a part of this thing. Because tonight, I want to use Elena as an example. Elena walked in here tonight. It's her first time in our congregation. But all these girls sitting here know her from school. So she walked in and there's, hey, there's a face that I know. I'm not so overwhelmed because I know these people. So for her, she's like, shoo, okay, cool. It's a bit of pressure. It's off. Because it brings growth. And you know what happens is when we've got, when we are part of a church like this and we're grafted into not just Jesus but one another, what it does is it allows us to be a lot more fruit. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. When you're alone by yourself, the enemy will get you because he likes to sideline us. But when we graft it and we're actually a part of family, it's not always easy because iron sharpens iron. Nolan and I, I like this guy, but we sharpen each other. Maurice and I, Kim and us together as a team and and guys leading this congregation, we sharpen one another because we are not scared to talk to one another and say, hey, bro, there's something that I see. But it's how we respond in shifting that thing. Because you can either respond and say, I'm not interested. I don't want to be this. I don't want to be changed. Or you can be like, okay, let me shift. Let me shift in my heart. And these two things here. That scripture speaks about bearing fruit. It doesn't speak about producing fruit. What's the difference? The former focuses on my work for God because I try and produce fruit. The latter is God's work through me. Because when we allow God to work in us, we automatically start bearing fruit. But when we try and produce fruit out of ourselves, it's not always good. You guys with me still? And we can get so busy doing things for God that we actually get driven by it. Many people get driven by ministry. Yes, I'm a minister now. Yes, I've got to grow the church to 300. Guys, you've got to get more people. You've got to, you've got to bring guys in. And we, we start trying to grow our thing. And you know what? It's never, ever sustainable. But when God comes and brings the increase, people stay. Because it's God that does it. Paul says that one waters, another plants, but God brings the growth. And how do we grow? How do we grow? 
a snippity snip snip by pruning. Is pruning nice? Or is it not so nice? Evie is having a moment there. You know, we actually screwed both ways. If we don't bear fruit, we get pruned and we get cut off. If we do want to bear fruit, we get pruned anyway. So we screwed both ways. So we've just got to actually just accept it because God wants to shape us. God wants to mold us. He's not going to leave you exactly like you were. Who, who tonight can say that since they've joined this congregation, they're different to what they were when they got here? Okay? There's a couple of people. Because you get challenged. You get shifted. You get worked on. And the day that we allow Jesus to become Lord of our lives, we were grafted into him as the true vine, and then he started snipping, cutting off. And don't get all freaked out about the whole negative image of being pruned. Because you got this, you know, some people got this look like, oh Lord, what are you going to cut off next? And we start living in fear. Like, oh, oh, what other area is now going to get affected? But we need to know that good things come out of pruning. There's a song that we always sing that you give and you take away. It means that God knows. Sometimes he gives you something, but sometimes he takes something away. Because he wants us to come into what he has for us. And sometimes God has got to prune us so much so that there's almost nothing left. And I'll use an example again of my Bogan Villa that's in the front garden. That is a devil plant. I do not know who had a Bogan Villa idea. But this Bogan Villa, so this thing was growing quite wild, so I decided to ask my gardener to cut it back for me. I wasn't too specific. So when I got from work that day, I had the stump sticking out the ground. There was nothing left. He literally cut everything off. There was not one branch, not one leaf, nothing on that thing. And I thought, Lord Jesus, the owners are going to kill me. What happened now? This thing's dead. So maybe I must plant something else there. But then I thought, let's just see what happens. And it was just, just before the rain came last year, before winter. At the moment, that thing is a menace. It is overgrown to the point like, it feels like when you walk into it like you're in a different world. Because since it was cut back, it just exploded. And so sometimes even pruning, although it's not lacquer in our lives, we might end up looking like nothing, like a stump sticking out the ground. But when it gets cut back all the way, what happens is that the nutrients actually go where it's supposed to go. Because if we've got too many things sticking out of us, the growth doesn't go where it needs to. Because if you take a, a tree and it's got branches sticking out the bottom of its legs everywhere, it's not going to grow up. It's going to stay just like a bush. But the more you cut off, the higher it grows. The stronger it gets. And that's what God wants to do with us. So these, so if I look at the word, 
pruning. There's three things, and this is now for all the English teachers. Is there an English teacher around us here? Mm -mm. So there's three things we get. Wrong page. So we can look at the word pruning as a noun. Who knows what a noun is? Okay. A noun is a word, for you guys that are at school, used to identify something, a people, a place, or a thing. All right? So we can have it as a noun. Today we're taught, kids are taught at school, that you can identify as anything. So anybody going to identify as a tree tomorrow? Or as a branch? Or as a car? Because you can identify yourself as anything. Now if we use that word, pruning, it's like, I, I, I'm pruned today. I, I'm a pruned tree. So I'm going to, I've been pruned, I'm fine. Nothing has to happen to me. Because I identify like a prune tree, so I'm perfect. That's a noun. Then we get just this little added piece, like an adjective. Which means the attribute of a noun. So it tells you something about a noun. So we can say, oh, you're such a nice prune tree. I really like the way that your, your branches are all pruned. And so what we do is, as an adjective, we try and we want people to affirm us by saying, oh, you're such a nice branch. Oh, do you feel better, branch? Did you have a rough life, branch? And so what we do is, is that's the adjective one. And we, we, we start looking for that in people to affirm us. But then there's the third thing, where it actually becomes a verb. What is a verb? A verb is a doing word. It's an action word. I check all the oaks that haven't been in school for a long time. They're like, what? An action word is actually something that actually does. And the active word for pruning is to trim by cutting away dead or overgrown branches or even stems. To encourage growth. So pruning is actually a doing word. Who likes being corrected? Eh? This morning my wife and I were in the car. Driving to Sunningdale to fetch a generator. And as we're driving, Kim was on my phone trying to connect the Bluetooth. And I'm sitting there and I said to her, and, and I was a little bit sharp in the way that I spoke to her. And she said to me, she said, babe, no, that's not right. And I was like, mm. but I kept quiet and behaved. And a little bit later, Philip also said that Anna-Law and Philip also had that this morning, where Philip also had to be corrected. But the thing was, my wife had to prune something in me that she saw. And pruning is not lacquer. Because you see, pruning unsettles us. Who likes comfort? Who likes to be comfortable? When it's cold, you want a nice warm fire. You want to be nice and comfy in your bed. When it's hot, you would like a fan on you or an aircon to make you nice and cool. Because the world teaches us always to be comfortable. 
But when you come into a church, some churches want you to be comfortable. Unfortunately, here, it's not going to be comfortable. Because God wants to prune each one of us to make him more like him. So that means it's going to unsettle you. Because God doesn't want to stop not working with you. And sometimes our response is flat, fight or flight. We fight against people when they want to speak into our lives. Kim and I had that before. And flight is, I want to run away. I'll go somewhere else where it's easier. But you know what the, the funny part about it all is, is God always brings you back again to where you started because he wants to carry on working in you and he wants to bring you into everything he has for you. But if we decide to abide, and what does abide mean? The Webster Dictionary says to wait for, to endure without yielding, to bear patiently, to accept without objection. It's hard. Accept it. Abiding in Jesus mean, means that when he wants to cut something off, allow him. So when we decide to abide in Jesus, we accept what he wants to do in our lives. And the scripture that I was speaking about today says that we need to keep our focus on Jesus and abide in him. We cannot do anything on our own. And abiding in Jesus is intentional. It has to be intentional. So let's redefine it and compare it to listening. Philip said it. We've got two ears in one mouth. So good listening is like tuning into a radio station. For good results, you can listen to only one station at a time. Trying to listen to my wife while watching TV is like trying to receive two radio stations at the same time. And what happens? It becomes distorted. It becomes messed up. I've got to say, I cannot multitask. I'm sorry. I cannot. I can't be on a phone call and read an email at the same time. It doesn't work. I do do it, but I'm not good at it because I've got to reread the email. But with Kim, if my wife sits and she talks to me, I can't sit on my phone or something. I've got to put it away because I've got to give my wife full-on attention to hear what she wants to say to me. And it's the same thing with us in the Lord. We need to tune into Him. We need to tune into Jesus like, like tonight we were, sitting, we were standing and we were quiet just after worship or just after our prayer. Who felt uncomfortable with the silence? Sometimes people do. Because when it gets really, 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 really quiet, we're like, okay, what do we do now? Evia told me that the other night he tried to, to do that and then he ended up on the piano doing ding, dong, ding, dong, ding. Because, like, what do you do? Like sitting there, like because we, we people that are so busy with things and with stuff. But we need to learn to actually abide in Him. And I do think Christians, young Christians, guys that just got saved, actually sometimes have it a lot easier than for us who are Christians for a long time. 
Because you see, when you're a young married couple, when your wife speaks, the husband listens. When the husband speaks, the wife listens quickly because you're very much in love with one another. If you've been married for many years, you think that you know each other really well. You can finish each other's sentences. So you almost become familiar with one another. And so it's the same thing with Jesus. When we become Christians, and we've been Christians for a long time, we become so accustomed to Jesus that sometimes he's not important to us anymore. You see, minimum exposure really means a minimum relationship. Minimum opportunities for the vine dresser to make us useful in his vineyard. But if we abide in Jesus, we develop under God's plan for us. Not just as individuals, but as a church. Because we need to abide in him. We need to decide to abide and don't let go. Don't let go. Because if we lose sight of Jesus, we lose sight of everything. And we need to allow him to prune us. Let him cut off the things that are dead in your life. Don't hold on to it. Because a dead branch, pulling a dead branch around with you is pointless. It can't bear any fruit. But when he cuts you back, and you allow him to cut you back, you're able to bear much fruit. Not produce fruit by our own works, but we bear fruit because we abide in the vine. That's where he wants us. In his presence. Dave, can you guys, can the band come play for me, please? Yes, you the band. Tareen, <laughs> part of the band. And we sang these incredible, beautiful songs tonight. You are worthy of it all. But do we sing it because it's just a song? Or do we sing it because it's what we carry in our hearts? Abiding in the vine Jesus, knowing him for who he is. And I want you to close your eyes tonight. And, and in a sense of response, we had the prophetic words where, where it was like, we've got to open up our hearts and have soft soil to allow God to move in us, to come and to change us, to shape us. And tonight, if you're in that place and and you've kind of decided like, ah, Lord, ah, I'm not keen to be, be pruned. I don't want to be abiding as much as what I used to. Because it's uncomfortable. Or you've just lost your spark for Jesus altogether. And you want to throw in the towel and say, oh, Lord, I don't know. I want to pray for you tonight that we will decide to abide in our King. Because when we as a church 
abide in Him fully, like we should, we will grow. We will bear fruit. And others will see us. And by our fruit, they will know that we are His disciples. And Lord, Father, we pray tonight that as we come before you, Lord, as we humble our hearts before you, Father, we, we come and lay ourselves down and say, Lord, have your way in us. Lord, if we've closed the door and we said, Lord, I'm not interested. It's too painful. It's too unsettling for you to work in us. Father, I pray that tonight we would go and we would open up that door. Lord, as you're a God that stands at the door and you knock, you don't force your way in. But you knock and you say that if you open up the door, I will come and have dinner with you. And so, Father, we pray tonight that you would come and that you would stand at our hearts, Lord, and that you would knock on our door and say, I want to come in. But, Lord, let our response be one of saying, Jesus, come. Come and be king of my life. Come and be king in everything that I do that I may be much fruit for you. And so, Father, I pray for this congregation tonight. Lord, I pray for each one of us here. Lord, that as we are grafted into your body, into your church, into your community, that we would know that we do not belong to ourselves, but we belong to each other. And Father, I pray that as we don't get this right, Lord, I pray that you would help us to become the body that you've called us to be. Lord, that we would get into each other's homes. We would get into each other's spaces. Lord, and we would allow you to move us. Lord, shift us. Build us. Cut off those things. Lord, that we can be your bride. For the day that you return, a bride spot without spot or blemish. Spotless before you, Lord. I want us to sing that song, You're Worthy of It All. Again, and I want us to stand and I, I want us to worship our King, not because it's just a song that we sing, but we worship our King because it's the overflow of our desire for Him.
pray that as we go into this week that your hand would be on us father that you would lead us into all truth father that you would come and that you would stir our hearts lord so that we can decide to abide in our king and we love you for that king jesus we love you and we worship you lord because there is none like you in jesus name amen